This program is brought to you by Bobbleway Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. You're listening to Opening the Scriptures with Don Boyd. Welcome to the program. This is Don Boyd with Opening the Scriptures. Today we're going to continue our studies in the book of Romans, and we're going to be in Romans chapter 11. To end Romans chapter 10, Paul ended the discussion with the Jewish rejection of the gospel and the Gentile acceptance of the gospel. Romans 10.21 states, But to Israel he saith, All day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. You know, both Jew and Gentile had access to the gospel, but the Jews mainly rejected it. In chapter 11, Paul tells why God rejected Israel and accepted the Gentiles, though not all of Israel rejected the gospel. Paul is anticipating some questions And his critics would question if God had completely rejected all of Israel. So Paul gives two illustrations to disprove that accusation. And that's in Romans 11, verses 1 through 6. We find in Romans 11, and I want to look at the first part of verse 1. There, Paul anticipates a question from his illogical critics. He says, I say then. Hath God cast away his people? Well, Paul gives the first illustration to prove his answer in the last part of Romans 11.1. There he says, God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. So Paul was an Israelite and God had not rejected him. You look in 2 Corinthians 11.22. Paul there is proving his pedigree, I guess you might say. 2 Corinthians 11.22, he says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. So Paul was an Israelite. And he was not rejected. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 5, we see more of Paul's pedigree. He says, Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. And then Paul gives the second illustration to prove that God had not rejected all of Israel in Romans 11, verses 2 through 4. Romans 11, 2 through 4. It says, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Why ye not, or know ye not, what the scripture saith of Elias, or Elijah? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. 
So Paul goes back to the Old Testament to the prophet Elijah to give this example. You know, there was a faithful remnant in Elijah's day, those who had not bowed the knee to Baal. Now you look at 1 Corinthians, first uh, first Kings chapter 19 and we'll look at verses 10 and 18. 1 Kings 19:10. This is Elijah speaking. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken my covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. This is the illustration that Paul was using. And then God's answer in verse 18. He said, Yet have I left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So it was the same way there in Paul's day. There was a remnant of the Jews of Israel that believed the gospel. In Romans 11.5, Paul says that there is a faithful remnant in his day as well. Romans 11.5, even so then at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. The election of grace, someone may ask, what is that? That's the gospel. When you look in Acts 20, verse 24, Acts 20, verse 24, Paul says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. See, those who are elected are those who obey the gospel. And there were many Jews that did obey the gospel. There were the faithful few that obeyed the gospel. And you think about Acts 2.41. says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And in verse 47, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So there was three, or there were 3,000 souls that day. But compared to the population that would have been in Jerusalem at that time, they were a faithful few. But others did believe after that. In Galatians 3, 26 to 29, Galatians 3, 26 to 29, Paul wrote, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. <clears throat> in Galatians 6, 15 and 16. Galatians 6, 15 and 16. It says... For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. So the Israel of God now is the church, 
according to Galatians 6.16. In Romans 11.6, we find that the New Testament is a system of grace without the works of the law. Romans 11.6 says, And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Well, we are saved by grace, yes, but not by grace alone. Galatians 2.16 verifies that. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You know, they could not work their way to salvation and neither can we. And then again, Galatians 5, 6 Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So faith works. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God has ordained good works for us to do in order to be obedient to him. But those good works do not earn us salvation. That is still the gift of God. The grace of God is his gift. And if we were saved by grace alone, no one would be lost. In Titus 2, 11 and 12, Titus 2, 11 and 12 states there, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. See, those are the good works we are to do. Deny God ungodliness, deny worldly lust, live soberly, righteously, and godly in this world. And another one of those works that we are to do is immersion in water for the remission of sins. That's a good work that God hath ordained for us to do. You'll mark 1616, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. You know, and if we were saved by grace alone, why would God issue so many warnings? You know, there's a warning given in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Stopping there, many which be many there be which go into what? Destruction. Eternal punishment. Now verse fourteen. 
because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. So there is the life that leads to eternal life and the life that leads to eternal punishment. Many will go to the eternal punishment. Few will go into eternal life. Why would God warn us about that if we were saved by grace alone? In 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 7 through 9. <clears throat> 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. says, And you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Now notice, in verse 8, there are two groups that are going to be punished. Verse 8 says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them, group number one, that know not God, and group number two, that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Group number one, those who don't know God, those who have maybe never heard of God, or those who do not believe in God, or those who do not believe God. And group two, those that do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are the ones that have heard the word of God. These are the ones who have the opportunity to obey the word of God and refuse to. Those are the two groups. Verse 9 says, Who will be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord from the glory of his power? Those are the two groups who will be eternally punished. <clears throat> And if we were saved by grace alone, there would be no need to take the gospel to the world. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So we see the two aspects of teaching the gospel. Teach all nations. Teach them what? Teach them the gospel. And whenever they learn the gospel, they will be baptized again for the remission of sins as we saw in Mark 16, 16 and also Acts 2, 38. So we're to teach them and then verse 20 says continue to teach. Teaching those that have been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost to observe all things whatsoever that we have been commanded to do in the New Testament. That is the continued teaching that we are to be doing. And again, Mark 16, verses 15 and 16 this time. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Very simple statement. And God saves us by our works but not by our works alone. So we're not saved by faith alone. We're not saved by grace alone. We're not saved by works alone. Look at Revelation 14, 13. 
Revelation 14:13 says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And then you look at Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 and 13. Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 and 13. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now stopping right there for a minute before we get to verse 13. We are going to be judged by the way we live our lives or according to our works. Verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell, or Hades is the Greek word there, delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Now you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5, 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We're going to be judged by our works. R.L. Whiteside made this comment, and I quote, No amount of works can blot out sins already committed. Forgiveness is a matter of grace, no matter how many conditions one must fulfill in order to be forgiven. But works of obedience are necessary for salvation. Now, when we come to Romans 11, 7 through 10, we're going to see the consequences of Israel's unbelief. Romans 11, 7 through 10. Verse 7 states, Israel did not obtain the salvation because they sought it according to their own will. That's what we're going to be looking at in Romans 11:7. It says, What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Because, again, they didn't obtain the salvation they were looking for because they sought it according to their own will. In Romans 10.3, Romans 10.3, Paul said, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. In Galatians 1.6-9, we see that any plan of man that either adds to or takes away from God's plan that is found only in His Word, it is a way of death. All of man's plans for giving out false information on salvation, such as the sinner's prayer, and saved by grace alone, saved by faith alone, all you have to do is believe to be saved, etc., etc., those are all ways of death. 
In Galatians 1, 6 through 9, Paul wrote to that congregation, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that calls you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any, and the word man there is in italics, so if any preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. There, there are those, every denomination in the world either adds to or takes away from the word of God. And we are warned against that in the book of Revelation chapter 22 verses 18 and 19 Revelation 22 18 and 19 for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book if any man shall add unto these things God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book and if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. We notice also in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 30, and we're going to be looking at verse 6. It says there, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. And then Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. Where it says there, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Now, of course, the last two were given in the Old Testament, but they are still true today from what we saw in Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. Well, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, we see the election that did obtain salvation are those who obeyed the gospel. Colossians 1, 3 through 6. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. In 2 Corinthians 3, verses 14 through 16, we see the rest. In other words, those who do not obey the gospel. They are blinded to their need for salvation. 2 Corinthians 3, 14 to 16 says, But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, 
which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it, the heart, shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So they were still trying to obey the old law. The old law had been taken away. And there are those today who try to obey the law of men, the salvation plan of salvation of men. But that just leaves a veil on people's hearts. They don't believe. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verses 3 to 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, that being Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. They are blinded because of their disbelief. And Paul uses Isaiah to prove that point. Romans 8, or excuse me, Romans 11, verse 8. Romans 11, verse 8 says, According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, unto this day. And the phrase, unto this day, Paul is saying, is still happening. Well, we can look around us and see it's still happening today as well. It comes from Isaiah 29.10 is where Paul is quoting from. Isaiah 29.10 says, For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered. In other words, they were not willing to obey the truth. They were willing to obey whatever came along. Like in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick or living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. All of the denominational world follows fables. In Acts 28, I want to look at verses 25 to 27. Acts 28, 25 to 27. <clears throat> this is where Paul is speaking to those Jews that were there in Rome while Paul was in a Roman imprisonment. It says, And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people, and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross. In other words, it's become lazy. 
and their ears are dull of hearing, in other words, they're not willing to listen, and their eyes have they closed. In other words, they've closed their eyes to the truth. And it continues to say, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. They did not do what God would have them to do. And you know, Jesus used the same illustration. You go back to John chapter 12, verses 39 to 41. John 12, 39 to 41. It says, Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes, and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. So again, that is still happening today. Now next, Paul is going to use David to prove his point, and that's in Romans 11, 9, and 10. You see, what Paul is doing, he is using prophets that the Jews revered to show the truth of the gospel. So again, Romans 11, 9, and 10. It says there, And David saith, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always, or it may be bow down their back always. In other words, be, be stubborn. Well, that comes from Psalm 69, verses 22 and 23. Psalm 69, 22 and 23. It says there, Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not, and make their loins continually to shake. So the spiritually blind continue in bondage to sin even though God offers them freedom. You see, they stumble over Christ and the gospel, and they reap the consequences that call for their condemnation. Their blind devotion of the Jews then to the law of Moses kept them from accepting the gospel message. And the blind devotion of those in the denominational world will keep them from accepting the truth of the gospel message. In Acts 15, look at verses 8 through 10. Acts 15, verses 8 through 10. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. In other words, speaking there about the Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit that way. Verse 9, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the necks of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? In other words, they wanted the Gentiles to have to obey the law of Moses in order to be saved. And Peter is here saying, that is not the case. You know, they were still, the Jews were still wanting to follow the law of Moses. And the result 
of that was the stumbling and falling of the Jews. And Paul illustrates that in Romans 11, 11 through 15. In verse 11, the Jewish rejection of Christ did not mean that no Jew could be saved. Romans 11, 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. In other words, Paul is saying, is there no hope for Israel? He says, no, there's hope for Israel. It was not Israel's aim to fall and lose God's favor, but they did. And because they did fall and lose God's favor, the Gentiles came in to provoke the Jews to jealousy. See, the Jews thought they were God's people. And they come to find out that the Gentiles are too. And the Jews are not obeying the gospel. In Acts 13.46, the fall of the Jews hastened the gospel spread to the Gentile world. And again, this is the majority of the Jews. Acts 13.46, Paul and Barnabas are there in Antioch and Pisidia. And whenever those Jews in Antioch spoke against them, it says, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. In other words, to the Jews. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Most of the Jews were unwilling to listen. And you'll notice it says they judged themselves unworthy of everlasting life. In Acts 18, verses 4 through 6, Acts 18, 4 through 6, it says there of Paul, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads, I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. So again, another area where the Jews rejected the gospel. Well, in some way, the salvation of the Gentiles was to provoke the Jews or Israel to jealousy. The church increased dramatically as the Gentiles were brought into it. And because of this, the Jews persecuted the church even more, causing more Gentiles to be added to spiritual Israel, that being the church. In Acts 14, look at verses 21 and 22. Acts 14, 21 and 22. It says, And when they had preached the gospel of that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith 
and that we through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. There was a lot of persecution from the Jews taking place at Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch and the other places where Paul and Barnabas and those on the first missionary journey had gone. In Romans 11 verse 12, we are going to see the fall and the fullness of Israel. Romans 11:12. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? So, what are we looking at? The fall of Israel refers to their rejecting the gospel and therefore rejecting salvation. Now, there are conflicting views concerning the fullness of Israel, and I want to give you a couple or three of these. Number one, concerning the fullness of Israel. Great joy would come over the salvation or fullness of the Jews if they would turn to Christ. That would be true. Number two, the full and complete destruction of the Jewish nation in AD 70 contributed to the spread of the gospel to the Gentiles and removed Jewish persecution from the church, though Roman persecution had already begun under Nero. Now, the second idea here fits the context, and that would be the disobedience of the Jews. Roy Deaver made this comment, and I quote, When the Jews crucified the Son of God, they committed national suicide, which demanded a national penalty, the death of their nation, unquote. Tom Waycaster made this comment, and I quote, Unfortunately, it is at this position that the majority of commentators miss the argument that Paul is making and consequently, this leads them to erroneous conclusions with regard to God's plan and purpose for physical Israel from then until our Lord's return. No, physical Israel will never be restored to national glory. God is finished with that nation. The church is God's new nation, and Peter calls it a holy nation. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, unquote. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 state this, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and an holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light, who, are in time, who in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Well, the Jews fought and kicked against the gospel every step of the way from the day of Pentecost in A.D. 30 to the day of their destruction in A.D. 70. You'll note 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 14 through 16. 1 Thessalonians 2, 14 to 16. It says, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. 
For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us. And they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always. For the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. And that was the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. The destruction, the death of the Jewish nation. In Romans 11 verses 13 and 14, we see that the Gentiles gained by the loss of physical Israel. Romans 11, 13 and 14. For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation, that word means jealousy, them which are my flesh and might save some of them, that being the Jews, because Paul again was an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. In Acts 13.47, Paul turns his attention to the Gentiles and the marvelous blessings they received because of Israel's fall. Acts 13.47 says there, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the world. So Paul turned his attention to the Gentiles. In Acts 26, verses 15 through 18. And Paul is giving an account here of what happened to him on the road to Damascus. Acts 26, 15 to 18. He said, And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things into which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So through the obedience of the Gentiles to the gospel, Paul wanted to provoke the Jews to examine the scriptures and learn the truth and obey it. Now, Paul did not expect the nation to accept the truth, but some would. Those who would obey the gospel are those who are raised from the dead spiritually. That's Romans 11.15. Romans 11.15. For if the casting away of them, that being the Jews, be the reconciling of the world, the Gentiles, what shall the receiving of them be, that being the Jews, but life from the dead? You see, the casting away of the disobedient Jews led to the hastening of the gospel being taught to the Gentile world. But whenever the Jews would obey, then they would be raised from the dead spiritually. 
Well, the Jews that did obey the truth would be raised from spiritual death. Look at Romans 6, 4 through 6. Romans 6, 4 through 6. Therefore we, that being Jew and Gentile, are buried with him, Christ, by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also, or be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So, so far, we've seen that God did not reject Israel, but Israel mostly rejected God. Now, that doesn't mean that all Israel was rejected because there was a remnant that was faithful. The unbelieving Jews wanted salvation through the law of Moses and thought that the Gentiles could not be saved. And you go over to the Jerusalem council there, and we find there that they thought that the Gentiles had to obey the, gospel, uh, the law of Moses in order to be saved. Well, the Gentiles did not, and neither do the Jews. But Paul pointed out that their own prophets disproved their beliefs. The rejection of the gospel by the Jews hastened the spread of the gospel to the Gentile world. Every person individually will be judged by each one of our actions, not according to what the majority of the nation does. We will appear before the judgment seat of Christ individually to obtain or to attain either eternal punishment or eternal life because of the way we live on this earth. I want to go forward just a little bit, and we're going to look at this later on as well. In Romans chapter 11, verse 22, it says, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God, on them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, Otherwise, thou shalt also be cut off. So we must continue in the goodness of God's word, being obedient to it, in order to have the goodness of God. But if we reject the word of God, we will receive the severity of God's word as well. Well, we're going to stop right there in our lesson at this point, and we will continue in Romans chapter 11, Lord willing, next time. So again, this is Don Boyd. I want to thank you for tuning in to Opening the Scriptures, and I pray that you will always open the Scriptures to verify that whatever someone teaches is what the Bible has to say. When you're in Moody, Missouri, you're invited to visit the Moody Church of Christ, located on Highway E in Moody, Missouri. The congregation there meets on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Bible class, 11 a.m. for worship, and then again at 6 p.m. for Sunday evening worship. 
They also meet at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night for Bible study. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts on all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.